Hey, good peoples. Welcome to The 180 with Eric Lockley. I'm your host, Eric Lockley. There are moments in life that define us, that set us on one path or plunge us down a completely different path. Join me as we dive into our guest's turning points. Let's laugh, heal, be inspired together as we pull back the curtain on how our guests made The 180. Sometimes life gets hard when you're on your journey. Don't stop, keep going, you can turn it around. Yes. The 180. <laughs> yes, it's a big yes, I love that you're dancing to it, yes. Your life will be the same. The 180. Yes, you can do it. Say yes to your beautiful yes. future. 180, yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, take us all the way out. <laughs> Leave us with everything. I am thrilled that today I have Star Busby with me. What's up, Star? How are you? I'm well. Let me tell you a little bit about Star. Star is a singer, songwriter, composer, and actress. Her experimental soul music can be found on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Bandcamp. Star's got a number of songs streaming and available for purchase, including Who Holds the Gun?, Wishing Tree, and Ms. Bland, which pays tribute to Sandra Bland and lives lost to police brutality. Over the summer, Star created and starred in <laughs> Nine Cups in the Moon, a live music video experience supported by the Bushwick Star. Star's recent work as an actor includes The Octet, which won a Drama Desk Award for Outstanding Ensemble, Moby Dick, a new musical that was performed at the American Rep Theater, ART, directed by Tony winner Rachel Chafkin. Star frequently collaborates with the band People's Champs and musician Esperanza Spaulding. And Star is currently a 2020-2021 Vision resident at Ars Nova Theater in New York City. Please welcome Star Busby. Hello. Whoa, star. Oh, yes. Star. That's the spirit. <laughs> That's the spirit. So <laughs> we're going to get started with the game. Like, right, We're going to jump right into it. All right. Love it. It's game time on the 180. The name of the game is... What's in a stage name? Is it safe to assume that Star is your stage name? No. It is on my birth certificate. No. Your full name. Is Star Janice Busby. That's my government. Wow. Yeah. It's such a good name. No pressure. Right. That is, yeah, no pressure, right? <laughs> What's she going to be? A star. It's automatic. It's written in the stars. That's, yeah, that's, a, that's yep. a lot of pressure. No, it's good. Okay, well, for this game of stage names, I'm going to give you the birth name of the celebrity, and you have to tell me their corresponding stage name. Ooh, okay. All right. This man's birth name is Eric Marlon Bishop. Ooh. Oh, you think you know? Oh, God. Clue. This funny man had his own self-titled TV show in the 90s after starring on a prominent sketch comedy show. Oh, wait a minute. Uh-huh. I don't, I don't, I know, but I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Eric Marlon Bishop is Jamie Foxx. Yes. That's one that I like, <laughs> it's it's tucked away. Yeah. Because I'm like, Jamie Foxx, Jamie Foxx, sure, sure, sure. You don't question it, but right, Eric right, right. Marlon. He's an Eric Exactly. Uh-oh, what does that mean? Very interesting. Oh, what? Okay, now you have to tell me what about Eric's. Okay, maybe later. Maybe later. You know names? Yeah, later. Okay, all right. Well, that's good, because okay. I'm because I'm an Eric, too, secretly. I don't know if you know, know. but I'm an Eric, too, so, you know, but we'll talk about it. Uh, uh, 
<laughs> Next up, Dead. Norma Jean Mortensen. Oh, that's Marilyn Monroe, I know. Correct. Yes, that's the yeah. she got that one. Marilyn Monroe, okay. I saw that movie. Yes. Alicia <laughs> Ogelo Cook. Ogelo, it's probably Ogelo. Alicia Ogelo Cook. That's Alicia Keys. Hey, you got it. Yes. <laughs> Peter Jean Hernandez. Peter Jean. Mm-hmm. Hernandez. Okay, clue. Okay. This Grammy winner is a solo artist, but often performs with his background singers, the Hooligans. Is that Bruno Mars? Yeah, yeah. Didn't expect that. Peter one. Jean. I know Peter Jean. Wow, Hernandez. the ruses. Okay. Yeah, he ended up taking on this nickname because he looked like his father gave it to him because he looked like this famous wrestler, Bruno Sammartino. And then Bruno liked Mars because it felt larger than life. Mm. But Bruno was a nickname of his, I guess, from a little kid. Aggression, energy. (laughs) Right, Mars. Mars. I have Mars and Aries, so know about that. Okay. (laughs) Next. Later. Uh, yeah, later. There's, there's, I'm excited for discussions. Karen Elaine Johnson. Ooh, Karen Elaine Johnson. Karen. What clue? I understand because I didn't know this one. If you were near a ghost, this sister could warn you. She'd say, Star, you're in danger, girl. Oh, damn. I don't know this person's name. You do. Star, you're in danger, girl. I put a little gruff in my voice. <laughs> and it's a, it's a she with a gruff. If you were near a ghost, this sister. Oh, Whoopi. Yes, yes, yes. I don't know why I was... Oh, my God. Wait, what? Karen what? Karen Elaine Johnson. My Lord. And apparently Whoopi Goldberg, I know, she got her first name from the cushion of the same title. She said, if you get a little gassy, you got to let it go. So people used to say to me, you're like a Whoopi cushion. And then Goldberg is her mother's maiden name. So interesting. Okay. We just we got two more. Two more. Jewish. Yes. <laughs> you folks to know. It's important. That's you gotta let people know. Jewish people are very adamant about this. Like, yeah. They're either like know it or don't show it. Know it or don't yes. show it. Okay. That's that's a word. I feel like I encounter that with Jewish people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On with the gear. Oh, gosh, I can't say this name. Abel Maconan Tesfe. Oh. The clues is... Oh, wait, you know it? It's familiar, but the clue. Okay. Recently, this singer has been very upset, feeling wronged, because as far as the Grammy nominations, he thought he... Earned it. <laughs> Thank you for that. Very much. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, yeah, that helped. Unfortunate. Oh. Uh, Tesfe. Uh, did. Wait, did you say? Yeah. Lost. I don't know. Okay. I know, it's but I the don't weekend. know. It's the weekend. Tesfe. Yes. Yeah. Because he's, is he Eritrean or Ethiopian? I don't know, but I know he's one of those. I know it starts with the E. Abasha. Okay. Tesfe. All right. I think you, you're going to know this one. Okay. Stephanie Joanne Angelina Germanata. Oh, Lord. Gaga. That's Gaga. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. You got, you got that right. Stephanie. When you, wait, German. I thought it was Stephanie Germanata. 
It is. I mean, that's her first and last name, but her middle names are Joanne Angelina Germanata. I mean, her, yeah. Oh, right. Joanne. Right. Right. Joanne. Cue the album. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. I'm going to do one more just because I wrote it in like, why Why waste a good question? Please don't. Erica Abbey Wright. Erica Abbey Wright. Erica Badzu. Wow. You knew that right away. I'm a, okay, I'm a big fan. Okay. I'm a big, I mean, problematic as she may be. <laughs> I'm still a big fan. No one's perfect. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for playing name the stage name stage name game that was fun and informative people learn something on the 180 and they get horns yeah they deserve it <laughs> okay and now star i just want to get to know you a little more if you had 25 hours in a day how would you use your extra time oh my god oh no the reason I, I'm collapsing is because I'm actually really working on releasing the productivity mindset mm. and like yes. and receiving time more than figuring out how I can use time. Because mm. I have come to the realization in recent times that I am a workaholic and it's not cute. So... With that extra hour, I would sit down. <laughs> I would Ooh. have several seats and do nothing. Yes. I'd do some deep breathing. Message. Yes. <laughs> Message. Yes. I, I need to hear that because I can be a workaholic sometimes. Catch it. So you would sit down and be Steve. still. Mm-hmm. Yes. Rest my nerves, as my people say. <laughs> yes. Rest my nerves. Sit down and rest my nerves. <laughs> yes. <laughs> What is your favorite meal to cook and why? Oh, meal to cook. Well, I have this one meal that I cooked once that I was very proud of. <laughs> uh, there was a season of like deep cooking in my life. They, they come and go. But I one year for, I was home for the holidays, which is a rare occasion. And a lot of my hometown friends were in town as well. And we invited folks over and I made a really delicious crawfish etouffee. Ooh. And you, you're you from Texas, is that right? I'm from Texas, but my fam, all my family started in Louisiana. So. Okay, okay. It's in my blood. My grandmother on my mother's side, her, she didn't speak English until, until she was like eight. No, when she started going to school, five. Wow. For a long time, she only spoke Creole. Wow. In the home, they only spoke Creole. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so yeah, that kind of cooking, Cajun Creole cooking is in my in my blood. But yeah, I just, yeah, I got it in my spirit to make a crawfish etouffee. Uh-huh. And I had to like, I think I had to quadruple the recipe that I found, which is very risky. Oh, that's intense. Right. But it was one of the most, it's, it's probably the most delicious thing I've ever made. It was so good. Well, you know. And it was really satisfying to feed like a large group of people. Yeah. You know, that's good for the spirit. Well, it sounds good. I'm sure it tastes good. And if in the future you decide to make it again, <laughs> and if I'm in the same country. I'll make an extra pot for the freezer. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. As long as I'm in the same country, we can we yeah. can find a way to make it happen. <laughs> I got you. I that got sounds you. good. I love yes. seafood. <laughs> oh, so good. So good. Now, last getting to know you question. Mm-hmm. It is karaoke time. Oh. What song do you pick to sing and why? What is your go-to karaoke song? Oh, my God. I always struggle with this so much because I have a very, <laughs> a very eclectic taste. 
as though I look so special and cultured, but I, I really do struggle. <laughs> I guess, you know, it's actually probably um, Sweet Child of Mine by Guns N' Roses. Ooh, I love it. Wait, okay, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to put you on the spot. I love I'm saying that. It's not true. I am going to put you on the spot. But, okay, can you give us, I like, a little bit of it? Just because, wait, because your rendition is not going to sound like Guns N' Roses, you know what I mean? No, but shout out to Axl Rose. So, like, how would how do you do it? He's got eyes of the bluish skies, and if they fall away, I hate to look into those eyes and see an ounce of pain. His hair reminds me of a one safe place where as a child I mm. pray for the summer and the rain to quietly pass me by. Woo! You'll have to do karaoke with me to get the chorus. <laughs> hey, let me tell you, that, that was good. That's fed my spirit. I love it. I love it. Oh, sweet child of mine. I love yes. <laughs> one of my go-tos is Hoobastank Reason. Oh. I love subverting expectations and turning anything into a like R and B song. Yes. Like yes. I found a reason to know. Like just for oh, no yes. like just you know, find runs and riffs and just It's like since when was that there? <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, well. I, I do know you better, Star, and I love it. Great. I feel seen. Yes. When did you know that you were meant to be a performer? Oh, my. Well, growing up, I always loved singing in particular. My uh, father's side of the family is particularly musical. Mm-hmm. My grandfather had a beautiful voice. So does uh, one of my aunts on that side. My father played the oboe and the French horn, and another aunt played the oboe and very musical career. It was, my grandfather was a Baptist preacher and had a big church in Beaumont, Texas for a while. Hmm. So, you know, there was a lot of choir business and family situations. But anyway, very musical people, always loved music. Apparently, supposedly, I used to stand on a briefcase and hold a something microphone-esque and give performances. Yes. <laughs> Wow. And also, I remember this time, I think I took, what did I take a sarong of my mom's? I like made like an evening gown. I like wore some kind of like tank top or something and like wrapped the sarong <laughs> around my body to be like an evening gown a la award show. Wow. And I like walked out of right. my mom's room as a presenter at an award show. You go. Because that's something I wanted to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. So so from a very young age. I loved it, but I didn't think it was a real thing. I was like, I love this. This is so mm. much fun. But that's like for special people over there, which I am not. Yeah. I was like, I'll have to be like a lawyer or like a, a psychologist or something along those lines. But I'm not, I can't do that. Mm. And then I just kept doing it. And I was like, oh, I guess I can do the thing that I actually really want to do. Yeah. Was there a moment, like, did you go to school for it? Did you, was there a moment when it was like, okay, all right, I'm really going to focus, I'm really going to believe that I can do this or, and did you have the support system? Yes, and yes. I was fortunate in my elementary and junior high schools, there was a really, uh, like, quality music program there, led by, in both places, led by women who really encouraged me 
and saw my talent and my interest and really supported me. Um, and my family was always supportive as well. So by the time high school came around, I found out that there was a magnet school for the arts in Houston, the High School for the Performing and Visual Arts, mm-hmm. PVA, as we call it. And I auditioned <laughs> and got in. Hey. Yeah. From that point, I was like, I guess I'm really doing this because I really, you spend three hours a day in your art area, I think is, is mm-hmm. like how they say it. And yeah, I just, I, I jumped in head first and then got into, I did a summer music program at Northwestern and got in there. And at this time I was aiming toward being a classical singer. I thought that was what I was going to do. Okay. And thankfully that training, I, I can't, I can't be grateful enough for it. It has saved my life. Mm. But yeah, then I got into college and halfway through college, I'd gotten into the musical theater program and really loved the work that was happening there, particularly on the acting side. And I was in an acting class that I wanted to stay in. Mm. And to keep that acting class, I couldn't, there wasn't a choir that fit in my schedule. And if you're a voice major, you can't be, you can't not be in choir and be a voice major. Mm. So I had to drop the voice major and created my own degree program so I could stay in my acting track. And yeah, somewhere in there, I had really, <laughs> yeah. I, I really settled in <laughs> <laughs> to what I wanted to do. Yeah. And Northwestern's program is known, is, you know, well known to a certain extent. Once that commitment was made, it must have been like, okay, this is a career choice yeah. and then not a hobby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really, I, well, because I actually started working uh, professionally in Chicago before I graduated. I think I, I did my first professional gig at the end of my junior year of school, the spring semester of my junior year. Oh, yeah. Or it started right at the end of the spring semester, so I was able to like be on campus. But then that following fall of my senior year, I was kind of taking a like half the normal credits and the other credits were made up by a performance of a run of Carolina Change at right. the University of Chicago. Well, Carolina Change, yes. Yeah, that w- nice. well, that was an amazing experience. Ife Butler and Jacqueline, and yeah, it was a, it was an amazing group. Melanie Brazil, mm. some really dope people around me in that first experience. And yeah, I just I kept running with it in Northwestern. There were some folks there who were very supportive of me as well. So that's good. I was, and my family was always like, yeah, if it's happening, then it must be good. So keep going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was kind of it. That's good. That's always, you know, I think artists have a range of experiences with having the support system or trying to discover the support system. So it's always great when you have Absolutely. people around you who are like, yes, we believe in you. We want you to do this. We want you to win. Keep going. Yeah. And I'm like, all right. Okay. <laughs> that was cute. But all right. Right. Just- the little play was good, but <laughs> what you going to do with retirement? Right. How you going to retire? Um, <laughs> I don't want to have to retire from my life. Right, exactly. Amen. Yes. I want to enjoy my. I don't have to want to have to retire from my life. No. Given that you went to a performing arts high school, um, what's some advice that you would give to yourself as a kid when you were a kid? Like, what's some advice that you wish you had received? You're doing fine. Please relax. <laughs> you might as well be honest about what you actually like and what you want because mm. you can have that. Yes. You can have that. Yeah, listen listen to yourself. 
you know what you want. You know, you also know what you need. So be honest about that and get those things met. You don't have to hide. You don't have to be so quiet. There's nothing offensive about you taking up space. And if it is, then that's not your problem. Ooh. Well, <laughs> you have spoken to your high school self and, uh, you know, old ass Eric Lackley because <laughs> you're right. No, I still need right. the same things. It's the same. Yeah. It's the same. <laughs> Yes, so definitely Erica Badu, a huge influence by way of Shaka Khan. Oh, yes. Certainly, certainly, certainly. Also, Jeff Buckley. Mm, mm-hmm. Gosh, I'm trying to think because it's fun. now I'm like hearing myself and I'm like, oh, that is totally that that album that I listened to 35,000 times when I was 14, uh-huh. you know? Yes, yeah. So the Smashing Pumpkins, actually. Mm. Fiona Apple, definitely. Goddamn Gladys Knight. <laughs> Lord have mercy. That verses, she was singing. She still got that voice. Both her and Patty. I am so outdone by the way she showed up with her performance tracks. Yes. Huge. Right. She's like, no, 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 no. We will not be listening to records tonight. Yes. <laughs> I will be in my sequence <laughs> pantsuit with my best wig, my best duty, <laughs> and. We'll be, we will be singing Patty. Patty was, Patty was not, not ready, ready. Mm-hmm. but Patty got on board. <laughs> Patty was like, honey, I came to uh-huh. relax. She was ready to sit in her chair. <laughs> I'm drinking brown <laughs> yes, She was liquor. ready to sit in her chair and do her little <laughs> <laughs> shimmy. Right. She was ready to yeah. do that the whole time. But mm-hmm. And change her shoes <laughs> when she felt like it. Oh, God. No, but yeah, that instrument in her, oh... It's just such a beautiful act of uh, surrender and commitment to watch her sing. It's so, so incredible. Dionne Warwick, uh, oh my God. People don't know. People clown Dionne like today. Because yeah, uh-huh. she, she chose her Newports and that's fine. But <laughs> before that, the, the, the majesty and the before, honey, mm. what she was giving, she gave us so much incredible, incredible. Incredible artistry. That's most of the folks. Yeah, a lot of a lot of stuff has gotten in in me um, that I'm grateful for. Yeah, that's a that's a range. And also, as a person who writes um, music, are there things that you discovered help you in in that process in terms of writing lyrics? Uh, yeah, what what helps mm. you? What serves you? I mean, what serves me best is if I'm taking care of myself, if <laughs> if I'm leaving enough room in my mind, in my life to actually hear myself clearly or to hear what, what I need to be a vessel for, rather, that is the most helpful thing for my art making, for my writing process. Once I'm in it, giving myself space to explore instead of getting too... Uh, too organized too fast that can really block me mm. also just kind of like being in a state of like surrender to the process it's like once the doors are open leave the door open and process and process and you know work and make and do until you really don't feel like this you know until the conversation is over essentially that's what works best for me and is that when you talk about that um kind of leaving the door open is it typical that you could write a song in one sitting start to finish or does it usually come to you at different moments i'll 
say it varies now. I work a little bit differently. I've been working with folks mm-hmm. uh, more recently, like getting, you know, like tracks from producers. A little, well, really one in particular, two, um, which is a different process for me. For a long time, I worked with loops and like using my voice to build the instrumentation around my lyrics. With that process, I get most of it at one time, but it was it was also a luxury of performing alone that if in performance, even if I was like, oh, actually, I'd like to say this or like add mm-hmm. this or change that. Yeah, I could just do it because I didn't have to be like, hey, watch right. me. Wait, you right. know, just... hey, band, let's go back to the bridge. <laughs> I it was... was like, oh, I'm the yeah. band. <laughs> Remember how I said we were going to do? Well, right. now we're going to go over there. Yeah, I didn't have to do that. So some, And there was some stuff that changed in performance. And I just did it that way from then on. And then I'd like listen to an old recording of it and be like, oh, that is not how that always mm-hmm. went. So I like to stay pretty open, even when I'm like doing the thing and available to what's going to best serve the space at the moment, which is easier to do when you're performing solo. So I want to talk now about a transition, a moment that you um, turn things around that you uh, felt like, okay, something needs to change here. Yeah. The 180 is actually occurring right now. We're in it. We are in the midst (laughs) and it is rich and it is beautiful Mm. and I am so grateful. Yeah. Last year marked my in July of last year, I hit my 10 years of being a New Yorker, mm-hmm. which is a a feat of which I am yes, yes. <laughs> very proud of myself. <laughs> the more I think about it, being away now, you know, now I'm in, I'm in Puerto Rico for a little bit, taking in some sunlight and some water and a slower pace. And it's really good for my spirit and my mind. And also is allowing space for me to become conscious of how fast I was running for the majority of 2019, mm-hmm. which afforded me some beautiful things and also afforded me some run-ins to brick walls. Mm. Wow. <laughs> I have to uh, unpack yeah, I, I'm proud of the work and what I was able to accomplish last year, but it wasn't until quarantine hit, actually. Yeah, it's been it's been a wild it's been a wild ride. I did Octet. Octet was great. It was really mm-hmm. it was a lot because I was singing, you know, like 75 minutes straight, eight times a week with like a group of you know, seven other people. Yeah. Ooh, and that's a lot. it was off Broadway. So I wasn't making a lot of money, um, <laughs> to be frank. Yeah. And that's a lot of wear on your voice. That's a lot of, you know, and, and not, not necessarily wear, but it's a lot of care that you have to take care of it and um, be conscious of. And it's always interesting. I think, yeah. you know, some people think that performers who perform eight times a week that, you know, you're getting paid to show up for that two hours or that three hour performance and be backstage and that's it. But it's like, I also have to think about what I can't do during the week because- Is there a sound effect for the face I'm making right now? (laughs) (laughs) Y'all don't know. Y'all don't know. Y'all don't realize that, yeah, performers, especially performing eight times a week, the amount of rigor that it requires 
when not on stage, when off stage, when trying to have a weekend. A what? <laughs> and have to say, no, I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't drink this. I'm not going to eat that. Right. Well, and the thing was, is that with that contract in particular, whatever, I'm, I'm spilling tea. I, in my, <laughs> in my conversations, my negotiations leading up to that, I knew what it was going to require of me and my castmates in order to accomplish, to do that show and do it properly eight times a week. Mm-hmm. So in my negotiations, I was trying to make sure that my pay was in some way comparable to that. What they offered was not. I was literally told by the production manager in that conversation several things that were very striking to me. One, when I was asking, I was like, so can we have some transparency around the budget? Like, how did we decide that these were the numbers? Because I'm just wondering how you decided my value in my castmates value in this space based on what you're asking of us. And as we are partnering together, I as an artist who, who does, who makes art, and you as a space that produces art, as we're partnering together to make this happen, mm. how did we decide who gets what in this situation? I'm just curious about that. Right. You know, if I could maybe see it broken down, then it would make sense to me, right? Well, you know, the questions you're asking are in, in, align, in alignment with, you know, with uh, being a business, but, you know, that's that's not really how it Ooh. works. Ugh. So you're pl- you're paying me as a sole proprietor of of my talent of myself, and you want me to sign on this business deal with you, but you don't want to tell me mm-hmm. what happened behind the door that I'm in, in the room that I'm not allowed in. Okay. They refuse to be transparent about how they came to those numbers. No, oh. no transparency there. And then the other thing I was told as I was like going through this conversation, I was like, I just want to make sure that we're on the same page that you're asking me to. You want this amount of my time every single week for like a month and change on in two months if we extend you want me to make this commitment and you want me to learn this eight person acapella musical in one month Ooh. that isn't even done being written and you want me to commit my life to this because and i can't because i was like well maybe if you let me go and do a do a wedding gig every now and then right i could afford i can live a little bit you know Mm-hmm. No. I said, okay, I just want to make sure we're clear about what's being asked here. And the response I got to that was, yeah, you know, not everyone can afford to do off-Broadway. So that experience, <laughs> so I, I, in my craziness, was like, fine. I will squeeze in every little other gig that I can mm. around Whew. this acapella musical with wanting to keep up with my work uh, with the Lullaby Project through Carnegie Hall and also, you know, being with People's Champs. At the end of the Tech Week for Octet, I did a gig with People's Champs. At the end of Tech Week? (laughs) In Brooklyn, that Saturday night. Oh, my gosh. At the end of Tech Week. And when I think about that, I'm like, oh, God. I remember one person looked me in the eye and was like, you're crazy. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I know. But now I'm like, no. Yeah. That was crazy. Something was wrong. Something was off for me to make that mm. decision about myself. Yeah. You know? I just want to speak to the fact that when talking about what you might tell your high school self, you talked about like being able to speak, stand up for your needs and say what you require and what you want. And it sounds like in this moment you did that. Um, you know, it, it might not always work out the way you hope, 
but you spoke up, you took up space, you weren't right. concerned about who might be offended by you asking, hey, I, I would love some transparency here. So I appreciate that. And I, as a fellow artist, appreciate that because as actors, as singers, as individual artists, we have to be able to champion ourselves mm -hmm. and speak up when we are like, hey, you're not really paying me what I'm worth or, or not even considering my worth in this process. It's just like, all right, here's what we got. Yeah. It's like, but exactly. it should be worth a little more than that. It should be worth a lot more than that. So, yeah. Thank you. I think you kind of need me, or at least that's what you right. say. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we were, we were like going to the, the 180 moment. Yes. We're getting, we're, we're getting there. So I took that energy from Octet basically and I ran through the rest of 2019 into Moby Dick which was one of probably the most trying creative experiences I've ever been in in my life. And that was a big show. That was a large it's a cast. Show. It's a big show, right? <laughs> yes. Well, a huge show. Uh -huh. Huge. Huge. And after that, I was frankly broken. Mm. I <laughs> was not, I was not okay. And then I came back. I attempted to return to my life but I was not av actually available for that. And then I broke my third and fourth toe on my left foot at the beginning of March. In like a the craziest, I lit just because I was rushing. Okay. <laughs> the specifics of it was uh, like, I was, I was enraptured. Your third and fourth toe. I was like, okay, let me see that. This little piggy, this little piggy. <laughs> I know. Right, exactly. I was trying to figure out what little pig, which little piggy that was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Broke my toes literally because I was rushing. I ran my foot into the mm. foot of an ottoman and just crunched my toes. Tried to put my boot on and keep going Ooh. to work. And then I could not. And so I sat down. And so I sat <laughs> down. That, that could be a, that's a message right there. Message. And so I sat down. So I sat down. Yeah, and you know, got myself taken care of. Then mid-March, my partner and I at the time decided to move, which we did with some help from some friends. And that was like March 15th, which is right around when they locked us down. So we moved and then had lots of time to make our home. And yeah, it's been a rich experience in waking up to the reality I was accepting and waking up to the reality I would like to live in mm. and finding the ways to bridge them or finding the ways to fully embrace the reality that I want to live in and the person that I want to be inside of my life. Because it doesn't, it got, it had gotten to the point where people were approaching me like, toward the end of 2019 being like, yeah, we met. I saw you when you did da 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 da. And I didn't even remember, it wasn't even so much about not remembering the person or like not remembering their name, if I remember their face or whatever, but literally not remembering work I had done. Mm, mm -hmm. I'd forgotten that I was, I was there. Yeah. In our industry, sometimes that's cute. It's like, oh, I've done so much. I don't even, that's not cute. That's not cute. Mm -hmm. It's really not cute. Like you, that means you weren't present. That means you were somewhere else while you were supposed to be there. That means you probably didn't do as well as you should have done your work wasn't at the quality it should have been at because you were distracted yeah and you were doing too much, too much. sit down <laughs> sit down somewhere <laughs> you know
Wow. So in this pause of the pandemic, well, there were, there, I'll say there were two pauses for you. There was the pause of broken toes. There was yeah. the pause of broken toes, which literally meant you had to sit down. Sit down. And then in addition, there was the pause of a pandemic. Yep. And in terms of you getting to Puerto Rico now, was there a moment that you said, okay, this is how I take back um, what I feel like I've lost, or this is how I take back more of me, how, how I claim more of me and who I seek to be? I actually have to credit my previous partner with that. Mm -hmm. She was like, I can't do winter in this (laughs) apartment in New York when this is going on. I'm just not going to be able to do it. And I was like, you make sense. I would, I would prefer to not (laughs) because I had just been in, I had honestly just been in survival mode for so long. I was like, well, whatever happens, I'll just grin and bear it and I'll, I'll survive. Right. But I was no, I was so far away from prioritizing my actual well being, prioritizing like the health of my soul that I was just willing to kind of (laughs) deal, which now is like, oh God. But it really wasn't until I got, until I got here and like felt the like, release of my spirit and realize that what I was really needing to grapple with, needing to adjust, needing to cleanse was me because I'm at the center of, you know, of my experience. I'm making the decisions here. Yeah. And that's just been in the past like couple of weeks that I've been like, okay, all right, it's me. I need to deal with me and I need to give, I need to create some more space in my life for me. Mm. And so uh, it's a really interesting experience because I'm so grateful and I feel so blessed to have been afforded so many opportunities and continue to be afforded so many opportunities. And I feel a certain sense of responsibility to to show up and get in there and do it and go, Mm -hmm. you know, Mars and Aries, which I mentioned before. But I can't just go around lighting fires, you know. I need that fire to be at a nice smolder within <laughs> yes. at all times, as opposed to burning myself up in the process. So yeah, I'm very consciously considering literally how I live my life. And it, it helps to, I, <laughs> so crazy. I actually have become a, I've joined the voice faculty at LIU Post in the musical theater department awesome. during this pandemic in September. I started there. Thanks to a, a dear friend, Morgan Shabon Green. She linked me for that. So shout out to Morgan. But yeah, I definitely was more, I've been so blessed and it's been such a nice mirror to teach. Mm. And I'm listening to myself, like the things I'm relaying to my students, I'm like, Return to your breath. That's home base. Don't lose sight of that. Stay grounded with your breath. Every breath is an opportunity to like release what's already happened and take in a fresh wind and start again. <laughs> and I'm like, hmm, you know, it might be nice if you listen to yourself. Ooh. You have some good things in there, but <laughs> yeah, right. Ooh. Ooh, I'm saying all this good stuff. <laughs> am I going to listen to it? This sounds good. I think I need it. Uh, yeah. So it's it's been cool to be like, okay, yeah, I need to take that in. I've got to slow. Hmm. I literally have to slow down. And I have to say no because saying yes to everything is an act of desperation. And it's a yes. mindset of lack. And I don't lack anything. I'm blessed. I live a life of abundance. 
And so why would I move in this way that speaks to me being in lack? And it's just kind of like readjusting my perspective and readjusting, you know, where my soul sits and making sure that my soul has a place to rest. Mm-hmm. And is it just feeling this need to constantly work, accomplish, do, to work and accomplish and do, you know, when I'm not working for anything that I'm, that my soul is gaining, when I'm not accomplishing, I'm not gaining any new ground in my wisdom, in my intuition, in what really is going to sustain me and should be leading me around. If I'm not feeding that part of myself, then I'm, I'm really no good to anyone. You know, yeah. there's a lot of lip service I can give, but if I can't walk out what I'm, you know, what I'm trying to teach and preach, mm-hmm. what's the point? Right. You know, I'm being a poor steward of the wisdom that I do have by not surrendering myself to gaining more of it. <laughs> oh, you are. Yes, you're dropping gems. You're leaving, message. giving us messages, <laughs> giving us messages, you're, you know. Communicating messages, deep messages. Gems have been dropped. Messages have been emailed. <laughs> Sent. But no, this is this, it's really powerful. To wrap up, mm-hmm. I'm going to share a quote that I think is relevant. And just tell me your thoughts on this quote. Sure. Now and then, it's good to pause in our pursuit of happiness and just be happy. Guillaume Apollinaire. My God. It seems so simple. But it is so that can be really hard to do if you're not present. Yeah. And especially as a creative person, you're like, this is my life. I make things. I make art. I write. I sing. I perform. I create. It's what I do. I have to do it all the time. Uh No, you don't. Shut up sometimes and sit down. (laughs) Yes. Sometimes you got to sit down. You know? Look at what is here. Look at what is in front of you. Yeah. It's so beautiful. Yeah. Some of my most transformative and introspective moments have been when I was just like, I need to be still and appreciate what is around me. Whether that thing was, you know, I mean, I I do think being out in nature helps with that because you just get to see the abundance that exists without you doing anything. Yeah. You know, yeah. the fact that you can look at a mountain and watch waterfalls and watch, it's just makes it clear that, wow, I'm a part of something much larger than myself. And it's a great reminder that you don't have to be productive to be worthy of that, Absolutely. to be worthy of experiencing that abundance and that beauty. Absolutely. Oh, so the pause, the the, the set down yeah. is a big lesson we're learning. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think there's so much productivity and or there is a product to the pause if if i may alliterate to where it's you know mm. i feel like it can feel like a loss you know especially for very high achieving active people you know it's like mm-hmm. yeah i'm here i'm there i'm doing this that means i'm alive that means i'm contributing that means i'm like living in my purpose but when you pause it creates this invaluable amount of space to first of all be grateful for what does exist and gratitude is so powerful yes to shift your perspective and to shift how you feel to other people in whatever space you inhabit Mm -hmm. if you're there in gratitude 
and you're there to show gratitude, if that is your goal, that feels a lot. That's a very different energy to encounter than one who is there to show yes. that they know something, to show that they are, to show that they can do. That's a very different energy to work with. If someone is there to offer themselves to the space out of gratitude for being invited in and for the other people who you know decided to show up there, that's a more, much more malleable energy. There's a lot more possibility there. Mm-hmm. And so the product that comes from that is going to be so rich. And that's something that'll ripple out. You know, that's something that'll create waves that flow to anyone who hears it and encounters the work. But if people are there to show that they are, that they can, that they be, then that is all that they will do. And there's no greater, you know, blessing to reap from that. But anywho, y'all take your time and sit down sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> baby thank you so much star yes thank you it's been great getting to know you hearing about some of the journeys in your career and also hearing about the self-care and the importance and value of um, making sure we're taking care of ourselves because it's essential absolutely is there anything you have coming up that you want to shout out yes Okay, the Ars Nova Telethon is actually happening this Thursday and Friday. I hope that's not a lie. 24-hour telethon. I'm performing in the first block. Oh, wow. I have a couple of things that I'm offering there, and there are tons of really amazing artists who will be a part of that. Awesome. To benefit Ars Nova. Yeah, to help me with uh, this residency that I have as part of the Vision residency this year, my uh, month of programming will be in the spring. Okay. And so I'll be, I'll start that process. Well, I'm in it now, um, but I'm taking my time, but I will start it in earnest in February. And then the programming will occur uh, within April. So that's the next biggest thing on the horizon that I'm really excited about and looking forward. Exciting. Yeah, looking forward to. Great. Well, we want to make sure that our listeners keep up with STAR. So you can follow Star on social media at Star, spelled with two R's, S-T-A-R-R, Busby, B-U-S-B-Y, underscore alive. So at Star Busby, underscore alive. Yes. And we thank you so, so much once again for being here and hanging out with us. Thank you. You are a light. You do shine, Star. <laughs> you, you, you shine indeed. <laughs> And um, I'm excited to continue to experience your artistry, hear your music, watch you perform. And I just thank you for for the time and the grace. And I'm extremely grateful for the reminder. Sometimes you just got to sit down. Yes, yes. Thank you so much for having me. It's lovely chatting with you, Eric. Thank you all for joining us. The 180 is produced by David Treatman with audio production and editing by Mike Luno. Original music composed by Jarrett Landon and sung by yours truly. And digital portraits by Byron McRae. If you like what you heard, tell your friends. We need your help to spread the love and inspiration. Follow us on all social media at The180Pod and visit our website at www.the180pod.com. If you want to help support these stories, please consider subscribing to our Patreon. You can get access to chat more with me. You can also get exclusive content, merchandise, and you can hear episodes early. Visit our Patreon at www.patreon.com, the180pod. Until next time, I'm your host, Eric Lockley. Take care and be blessed. Know that you'll have a blessing if you just keep on pressing. 
Don't stop, keep going, you can turn it around. The 180, yes, it's a big change. The 180, your life won't be the same. The 180, you can do it. Say yes to your beautiful future. The 180.